Today, we are talking about the difference maker between mature people and immature people. What's that difference? We've been going through a series this week on maturity, what biblical maturity is. And today, uh, as we've been going through Ephesians chapter 4, today we're going to be starting at verse uh, 7. And we're going to be looking at one of the greatest difference makers. And it's going to be powerful. Do us a favor if you haven't yet. Share this broadcast. Spread this word. Because people need to hear this. Uh, we, if we want to be godly in this life, we want to be like Christ. That's what the definition of maturity is that we've been going through this week. What's the definition of maturity? Growing up to the fullness of the stature that is in Christ. That's Ephesians 4 verse 13. And what we're talking about today... Uh, is the very thing that leads us into Ephesians 4.13. Um, uh, what causes us, Emily says you're doing great, I appreciate it. What causes <laughs> us to walk in maturity and what, what can bring that difference? Well, let's jump in. Amen? Amen. All right, Ephesians 4 verse 7. I'm going to read 7 and 8 and then I'm going to go uh, from 11 to 13. This is what it says. But to each one of us, grace was given according according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. All right, what were these gifts? When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to you and to me. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to you and to me. Uh, we, we call these the ascension gifts, right? Uh, if, you, uh, if you go into doctrine and stuff like that, the ascension gifts are what we're about to talk about right now. What are those gifts? Verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, that's you and me, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about unity. If you didn't watch yesterday's broadcast where we talked about unity, go back and watch it. Amen. Um, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, and this is again where we get the definition of maturity, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the full, fullness of Christ. Now let's go back. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets. I want you to put this in the comments. Um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gifts given to us by God. The, these are gifts given to us by God. And if we want to honor Him, if we want to show love to Him, if we want to, to uh, be more like Him, we have a responsibility to honor the gifts that He's given to us. And, and, and the difference maker between uh, immaturity and maturity is how we honor, submit, yeah. uh, respect, esteem the fivefold gifts that God has given to us. Uh, that I've, I've noticed that this is a great difference maker between people who walk in the fullness that, of the stature of Christ that God has, has made available to us yeah. and those who kind of are, well, if we want to move on to verse 14, those who are blown around, right? As a result, you, as a result we're not tossed around by every wind of doctrine and everything. But what's, what's that the result of? Our submission and honor to to the gifts that God has given to us. So, so there, there's a big difference. Do you want to be blown around by life? Then don't honor and submit to the gifts that God has given to us. If you want to succeed and thrive and excel in life, honor and esteem the, these gifts that God has given to us. 
It's true. Yeah. You can, and we'll dive into more scriptures. We also have Abby and Marky with us today, yeah. and so they'll they'll add input as they have it. But as you're looking through the word, the word is so very clear that God has established a structure that yeah. the blessing of God flows through. You know, Psalm 133, when it talks about the flow of the blessing of God, mm-hmm. you know, it talks about how there's the head, the beard, and the fringe of the garment, and the anointing flow, the anointing oil flows from the head all the way down to the beard to the fringe of the garment. Well, in the body of Christ, you know, there are there are multiple ways you can look at this. You know, Jesus is the head, but the beard is what Buddy was just talking about. It's the ascension gifts, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You know, in a church setting, the head obviously is Jesus, but the head is whomever God's given vision to and leadership that that head has established represents that beard. Our response to leadership determines whether or not the blessing of God flows down to us. We can either choose to stay submitted and then yield the blessing of God, receive it in our lives. But if we are separated from the head, if we're separated from the beard itself, the blessing won't flow to us. So God is not looking to create some sort of system where his people are oppressed. No, you can read through all of the Bible. God's a deliverer of oppression. Mm -hmm. God sets his people free from it. He has told us that we are no longer slaves. We're no longer bond. We're no longer in bondage. He has freed us. So this system that he's created isn't a system of oppression. We're a system of bondage again, just for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. It's a system that God set up to ensure that the blessing of God gets to you. And the difference maker in my life personally has been seeing the wording that Buddy just read in Ephesians 4, but uh, in verse... In verse 8, therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts Mm -hmm. to men. He didn't give oppressors. He didn't give people who are just there to boss you around and tell you what to do. He gave us a gift. Each one of us has been gifted by God with these ascension gifts. And in my life personally, when I started viewing my pastors as gifts God gave to me, I'm not running from a present. You know, if you're running from a gift, then that means that the person giving it to you doesn't know you very well. You know, think about that in your life. Like I'm thinking of a situation, I'm not going to identify, but I'm thinking of a situation where someone that I loved got a present from someone and it was a, what is this present going to be? And it was just because that person didn't know them super well and their gift giving ability was a little bit weird. And so it was uncertain what's going to be in here. But God is a flawless, loving God that when he gifts something, all that's within that gift is perfect and pure and for our increase. Yeah. And put that in the comments. When God gives me a gift, it's for my increase. Yeah. 
And whether I increase or not is determined based on how I respond to that gift. Yeah. And so recognizing that these gifts are not to put you in bondage, they're to increase you, mm-hmm. is key in order to start stepping into those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see that all throughout like the Old Testament, right? God, when God raised someone up to oversee the people, it was for their benefit. You mm-hmm. look at Moses, right? God sent a deliverer. Oftentimes when God brings deliverance, he does it through a man. Yeah. You know, he does it through a, a man or, or a woman who, rise, who, who God's given them that anointing and that authority. And the people that choose to submit to that, that man or that woman, their life gets better, right? Yeah. Uh, but you look at the sons of, of or, or you look at Korah and his family, right? Whenever they rebelled against Moses, did things go well for them? Not necessarily. The ground opened up and swallowed them whole, right? When Miriam and Aaron were like, we can hear from God too. We don't need to listen to you, Moses. And then Miriam got struck with leprosy. You know, like, like these aren't things, this is not something that God takes lightly. You know, uh, rebellion to authority. Rebellion, the Bible says in the Old Testament that rebellion is uh, as the sin of witchcraft. But that word as is actually not in the Greek. Rebellion is witchcraft. When I'm rebelling against authority, I'm, I'm entering into divination and witchcraft. I'm not honoring and... God, I'm actually coming, when I, put this in the comments, when I rebel against authority, I rebel against God, because God's the one who established the authority, you know, so when we're talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you know, the, the gifts that God's given us to men, uh, if I'm taking that gift and throwing it aside, I'm not, I'm not really insulting the gift, I'm insulting the gift giver, you know, if, if my wife works very hard, you know, let's say she spends a year, you know, saving up money and then to put together this elaborate gift that she knows is going to bless me and and to minister to my life. Not just something that needs to be put on the shelf, but something that I should be utilizing to to help, right? To help me. And I say, oh, thank you. And then I set it aside and I never utilize it. How do, what kind of esteem does that show in me for my wife? You know, like that's, like, if I did that for her, that would hurt me. If she, you know, you know, like I, I, I worked so hard, you know, to get this to you, for you, and and you're not even esteeming that gift. You know that 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 affects me. And the the question is this. You know, it says when he ascended on high, we're we're not just talking about the gift that came through Christ on the cross. We're talking about the gift that came when he when he rose again and ascended in heavenly places. You know, but Jesus died so that we, you know, part of part of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and ascension was so that we could have these gifts, right? What cost, you know, what was the price of us being able to receive these gifts? That was the cost of Christ coming, dying for us and, and, and being resurrected and, ascend, and ascended. The, this, this gift, these gifts that God has given to us are not gifts to be lightly esteemed because, because they're part of, of Christ dying so that we can have access to these gifts, you know? And so, and so I don't want to lightly esteem this gift. You know, I don't want to just set it on the shelf and say, oh, this is great. I'll utilize it when I, when, I, when I feel like it's necessary. No, these are gifts that we should be utilizing all the time. These are gifts that we should be diligent to, to be esteeming. Because lightly esteem, you know, uh, to despise a gift doesn't just mean I hate pastors, prophets. No, to despise it means to lightly esteem it, which means... I don't ask questions. I don't reach out. I don't, you know, I make decisions myself. Um, you know, you, 
you're not submitted to a pastor just by showing up to church on Sunday. You know, you're not submitted to to uh, the to these spiritual mature uh, spiritual authorities just because you listen to preaching and teaching. You know, that's not it. Like the question is, are they actually? Because a pastor is a shepherd. Are they overseeing your life? Are they are they helping you? Um, are are you seeking wise counsel from them before you make major job decisions? Are you seeking wise counsel from them before you uh, before you enter into a relationship or before you do, you know make major decisions like that or even minor decisions? Are you seeking counsel on hey how should I be thinking through things like this? That's what someone who's submitted to these authorities and who's rightfully esteeming the gifts that God has given to them. Not just, well, I come to church, you know, on Sundays. That, that doesn't mean that you're submitted. Um, that doesn't mean that you're mature in that aspect of it, you know. And uh, an immature believer never seeks counsel. They never seek, they never ask questions. When they disagree with something that the pastor says, an immature person will just say, I disagree with that, and then just move on. But a mature person will ask questions. Hey, you said this. I, I, don't, ne- I don't necessarily see that in the Word, Help me to see this. That's what a mature person would do. You know, and th- that's what, why today we're talking about what's the difference maker between maturity and, and immaturity is submission to authority. You know, read the book of Proverbs and, and underline and highlight any scripture that talks about um, taking advice, receiving counsel, uh, receiving correction. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit. But a mature person... And when you read through Proverbs, you'll either hear wise or fool, you know. Um, but you, but it's basically the same thing between mature and immature, right? Um, a mature person seeks counsel, submits to authority, and takes correction. An immature person does not seek counsel. Either that or they seek counsel for, not from pastors, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, or apostles. But they seek it through you know, just their, their co-workers or their friends or different things like that. Re- recognize this, hear this. And, I, and this came out whenever I was preaching this to, you, to the youth. It can be a lot easier to seek counsel from your buddies than it is to seek counsel from a spiritual authority. You know, because you're, you're around them more, you're more familiar with them, but your friends are not anointed to oversee your life. Your pastors are anointed to oversee your life. You're, you know, the, like now, should... If your friends are godly, you can talk to them and different things like that, but they're not anointed to oversee your life. Your pastor is. Or if the pastor has delegated a system like life group leaders like we have here, you know, um, there's an, that anointing is delegated down, but, but I shouldn't just be going to my, my I'm, you know, I'm putting myself in a female perspective. I shouldn't just be going to my girlfriends for all my advice, you know. Me, I shouldn't just be going to my guy friends for my, all my advice. You know, I need to be going to the people that got the gifts that God has actually given to me that are anointed to give me the counsel and the, 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 maybe the rebuke if I need it. Because if I'm just going to the people who are yes men and just tell me what I want to hear, they're not actually going to help me increase and grow in maturity, right? Mm-hmm. I need to go to the people who, are, who love me enough to correct me and who love me enough to say, you know what? I don't. I think you might be missing it in this situation, right? The the people that are anointed and gifted to us by God to oversee our lives. I should I should be esteeming those gifts in that way. Again, one of the great differences between a mature person and an immature person, or between a wise person or a foolish person, 
is a wise person seeks counsel, they ask questions, and they submit to an authority and receive correction. An unwise person does not seek counsel. They, uh, they do not take correction, or, or if correction comes, they'll turn their tails and run, or they'll get angry at correction, right? That's what an unwise and immature person would do. We need to esteem the gifts that God has given to us. Well, one of the things that I think I've watched in my life that people have taken issue with, I've taken issue with it as well in the past, is why should I submit to someone who could fail me? Why should I submit to a man? You know, it's one thing for us to put our flesh down and submit to God and yield to him as Lord because we can either... We can make Jesus Savior, but that doesn't mean we've made him our Lord. So we need to submit to Jesus, but then it's a totally different thing in our minds to have to submit to people. You know, that can feel difficult and feel different. And the thing is, it's not different. We're still submitting to Jesus by submitting to his ways, And even though man may fail, even though there is the potential inside of every mortal person through the flesh to fail and to sin, God's systems and honoring him through his delegated authority, it's still honoring him and it still yields a blessing. We see that in the, like one of the examples that came up to me was in 1 Samuel 1. You see it with Hannah. You know, Hannah was this woman who desired a baby so much. She she was unable to have one. It was a desire of her heart. And she would go into the temple and ask for one to cry out. And so in 1 Samuel 1, just right out of the gate, it said that Hannah It came about, 1 Samuel 1, verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli, Eli the priest, like he was watching her mouth. And as Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. She was overcome with so much passion, such a desire of her heart as she is trying to come before the Lord and cast her care on him that to an outsider's perspective, the appearance was that she was in sin. The appearance was that she was drunk. So Eli comes and he corrects her. He like he wrongly corrects, he wrongly assesses the situation and he corrects her and says, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine or put away your wine from you. So he's he corrects her publicly for doing what? For casting her care on the Lord for doing what is right. Yeah. He just got it wrong. So publicly, that's embarrassing. That's humiliating like if you allow it to be. Yeah. But her response showed her submission and she said, "No, my Lord." Not Hey, old guy, I'm not drunk right now. I'm praying to Jesus. Come on. Or I'm not praying. I'm praying to the Father. I'm I'm ministering to the Lord. Can't you see I'm hurt? Can't you see I'm in pain? No, her response 
proved her heart of humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't truly be, we can't truly be in submission and authority unless we're humble. Yeah. So she said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink. I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. And so Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your petition. So that you have asked of him. And then she goes, she gets pregnant. Like that's the bottom line. You follow that story all the way through. She has a baby. She dedicates him. She brings him back to the temple. Like she, because of her honoring authority, God honored her, even though the authority was wrong. So it doesn't matter whether or not an authority figure in the past has done everything right or done everything wrong. God will take care of that person. God looks at us and whether or not we have responded properly to authority and our response determines whether we stay in proper alignment for the blessing to travel to us. In that instance, she, going back to Psalm 133, there's the head, there's the beard, there's the fringe of the garment. She could have chosen as the garment to remove herself. And that would have meant that she would not have, she wouldn't have received her son because that blessing came through her honor of Eli. So just because someone's done it wrong doesn't mean that the process is wrong. God blesses those who are obedient to his ways and his things. And I know for me, that's been something that's required a lot of overcoming because I was never taught submission and authority growing up. That's why my marriage stunk the first long while of it is because I needed to fix me because I didn't get why should I submit to my husband if he's wrong? That thought alone made me more wrong than George ever was. Ever, because I'm saying, why should I do what God wants me to do if I don't feel like doing what God wants me to do? God wants me blessed. Mm -hmm. God wants you blessed. God wants you to be the overcomer that you're called to be. And that happens as we submit to his ways. Go ahead, girls. Uh, Well, the Lord was just bringing up on that same note, uh, continuing in 1 Samuel, if you just go further, we'll see David and Saul And it's the same situation where Saul was David's king. So David understood this, and David was submitted to him. And Saul was wrong (laughs) for basically all of this story. He was wrong. And yet David still understood these principles and honored him. Saul was trying to kill him. He was so wrong. He wasn't just giving him bad advice and like, oh, you know, Saul was wrong. He didn't really know he was giving me bad advice, but I still listened to him. Saul was trying to kill him. King Saul was trying to kill him, and yet he still honored him. He didn't kill him. He spared his life when he had the chance. He honored him. He truly honored him, and because of that, David was so blessed. Mm -hmm. David was so honored that it continued for generations. His children were still blessed because of the honor that he showed King Saul, even when Saul was 100% wrong, and Odds are none of us listening are ever going to have a situation like that. I can almost guarantee it. So how much more with our leaders and who we're submitted to should we honor them in the same way that David did? Um, I've been kind of sprinkling it in here and there the past couple of days, but I've been saying 
This is a really, really on time word, guys. This is really on time. And what's what's funny is, um, I mean, if you're like out of state or whatever, I'm not. I don't know. But if I had an idea, I I wouldn't say it's just for boomerang. I'd say it's for boomerang yeah. and the partners, just because there's that yeah. flow of the anointing. Um, but this is this is something that. For me, like, I, I know right now something I'm working on is receiving this word because one thing I've done a lot is I have judged myself based off of my intentions, yeah. not my actions. And yeah. we have talked about submission and authority many times on this broadcast, many. And um, even Melissa even said she just wrote a book on it. Uh, that I just wrote a book about that very thing, Barrett, which is the process of publishing, which is in the process oh. of publishing now, called the posture of submission. That's amazing. So you see, God's bringing up this topic. He's bringing yeah. it up. He's bringing it up, even though we've heard it before. If we've heard it before, why is He bringing it up again? <laughs> yeah. It's not because God yeah. just wants to hear Himself talk. It's not because yeah. the Holy Spirit just wants to hear Himself through us. It's because we need it, and. It's such mm-hmm. a key in all of this, and I'm remind like I'm talking to myself right now too. I, it's it's the whole all the partners, the body. We need to remind ourselves to be humble to receive this because if we judge ourselves based off of our mm-hmm. knowledge or our intention, we're gonna miss it because yeah. we have a flesh. I have a flesh. My sure. flesh at times has influenced me, even though I know submission and authority, even though I know. You should always submit to your authorities if they're not doing anything immoral and submit to God. But why is this being brought up? It's because we need it. I need it. And we have yeah. to be humble enough to say, you know, I know this, but is there somewhere where I'm not applying it? Yeah. And um, like one thing that I've done a lot that I'm, I'm working on is um, not deflecting. Like a lot of times when I would go for wise counsel, um, the pastors would give me a direction, like give me a directive and say, okay, this yeah. is, you need to put on praise. You need to take your thoughts captive. You need to do this, this, this. And I would be like, yeah, but what about this? And, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and the pastor just recently was explaining to me, like, that's deflection and that's pride. And that's not mm-hmm. just saying, you know what? I have something to work on okay, I, I have missed it. And the thing is, is like humility is such a beautiful thing because yeah. it opens up, biblically, it opens up to grace. Yeah. And I just wanted to encourage anyone, if there's anyone that's like me, this has been a topic where I know it, but I haven't, in pride, I've thought because I know it that I wasn't missing it at all. But the yeah. truth is I've missed it a lot with this, even knowing it. I've missed it a lot. So we have to humbly receive today, yeah. knowing, hey, this isn't just a message that's good for someone else. It's for me. Yeah. And know that the reason God delegates authority and gave these gifts is for you to be blessed, yeah. for me to be blessed. That's why we have them. Not because God wanted to set up a structure to set up a structure. There's plenty of other stuff he could do. This is God's system for seeing his people blessed prosperous, filled with wisdom, filled with life, filled with protection, kept. Like, this is how God does that. He gave this gift 
for his people. And that's, if we'll view it that way, we'll treat it that way. We'll treat instruction as a gift to us. We'll treat correction like a gift to us, Uh, refining as a gift to us, because we know God gives because he loves, not because he takes away or adds weight or adds pressure. That's not his nature nor his character. Yeah, well, I mean, and going back to right here to Ephesians 4, why did he give these gifts to us? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service or the ministry, right? They equip us. The purpose of, of, of these spiritual authorities are to equip us yeah. and to, and to uh, prepare us to basically not fail yeah. in life. You know, it's to equip us for the work that God is calling us to do. That's why he's given us uh, these spiritual authorities. If you, if you go into Hebrews, I believe, I probably have it here. I believe it's Hebrews 13, 17, um, where, uh, where he says, submit to your spiritual authorities, right? Uh, honor the, those spiritual authorities as those who, have, who will give an account, uh, you know, and it, but it says, if you don't submit to them, it will not be profitable for you. you know, there's profit to submission. You can put that in the comments. There's profit to submission. And, and you know, looking at Hannah, looking at, uh, looking at um, David, you know, submission, submission is not just submission if you only submit when you agree. Right. You know, you'll hear pastors say this. If I only submit when I agree, I'm not actually submitted. I'm just kind of living for myself and looking for people who will tickle my ears and tell me and confirm what I already think I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That's not submission. And that's not esteeming correction. That's not esteeming, right? Uh, a real pastor will tell you at some point something that you disagree with in your, in your mind. Yeah. You know, if you agree with everything that your pastor says, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, uh, we need to get to a point where we're always growing, where we're always learning, where we're always, you know, and, and if your pastor, just like Eli, you know, um, Eli was wrong in that situation. You know, our pastors, our apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, are they, are they men? Yes. Do they have a corrupted flesh? Yes. Is there an opportunity for them to miss it? Yes. Now, if, but if I'm operating by love and, and I hear them say something that I disagree with or something that even could potentially be wrong, if I'm motivated by love, I'm still going to ask questions and bring it to them. Mm-hmm. And, and a pastor, apostle, probably if any of them, if they're operating by love, they'll examine it. You'll examine it together. And now, and, and either you'll find out you're wrong or they'll find out that they're wrong. Or what will probably happen is you'll find out that there's kind of some truth to both sides of it. But, but you're both going to go up. Go up. And, and so if I have a desire for my pastor to, to, grow, to, to grow in the things of God, I'm not just going to be like, I disagree and leave it. Yeah. If I have a desire for me to, to grow up in, in mature things, I'm not just going to say, I disagree with that and leave it, right? This is where part of that iron sharpens iron, you know, comes in. You know, it could just be that by you asking a question, it helps your, your pastor, your shepherd to explain something better, you know, and in, a, and in a better way next time. You know, so if I'm truly operating by love, I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to bring it not from a perspective of, hey, I know something, you were wrong. I'm going to bring it from a perspective of honor and humility and say, hey, I'm not, see- I'm not necessarily seeing this the right way. Can you help me to see, see what you see? You know, yeah. that's submission. That's honor. Not, hey, you're wrong. Let me tell you why. You know, you know let me send you a message why you're wrong. You know, no, that's not, that's not what honor and submission will do. 
That's not what love will do. Love will say, hey, I, I, I believe it. I, I've always believed it this way. Help me to see what I'm not seeing, you know? And, and, uh, and that's what honor and humility, humility, humility will do. But why do we do this? Because it grows, up, grows us up into maturity. It makes us wiser. You know, wisdom comes when we honor it and when we submit. Something that the Lord is bringing up, and I've, honestly, almost every time we've talked about this subject, this particular thing has come up to me, and I don't know as though the Lord's ever allowed me to fully share it. I think I'm fine to today, though, is, as I said a few minutes ago, it's easier in our brains to submit to Jesus as Lord because he's Jesus. We have here in Ephesians 4 the instruction, he gave gifts unto men, and we can see the benefit of submitting. It's very black and white. This next thing is also black and white, but it's a matter of crucifying our flesh. And truly what this broadcast series has been bringing up day after day is in order to mature in the things of God, we must be willing to crucify our flesh daily. And put that in the comments. In order to mature in the things of God, we must be willing to crucify our flesh daily. Because daily, God should be revealing new things to us. So, yes, we are to submit to Jesus Yes, we are to submit to apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers. Um, I just missed one. Prophets. So we're, we're to submit to them as God has planted us with them, and we're to honor them absolutely. But there's also delegated authority underneath of that that we are also to submit to. Yeah. It's not just the fivefold. It's not just ascension gifts. God's entire system of the flow of the blessing is in submission and authority. So for example, for wives, part of this submission is to your husband. The word tells us in Ephesians that husbands, you are to love your wives, but that's not the instruction that women have. God doesn't say women love your husbands. The word says women honor your husbands, Mm -hmm. submit to them, you know, honor them as they deserve to be honored as the delegated, designated authority. So if I try to jump the authority of my husband in my life, even if he may be missing it, I'm missing it more. As I just said, in The example that the Lord gives us also in Exodus 18 is Moses. Moses was, even though the ascension gifts hadn't happened, he was the spiritual leader over Israel at that time. He had rescued them from Egypt. God had used him as a deliverer to free them. And so he was the visionary of that group, for lack of better words. So he's spiritually receiving from the Lord, getting downloads from heaven, hearing what to do. And yet his father-in-law came. Who is his father-in-law? His authority. Yes, the Lord was Moses's like top authority, but Jethro had an authority in Moses's life. So he comes in and says, Moses, you're leading these like thousands and thousands of people and it's bad. 
what you're doing is wrong because you can't replicate yourself. In order for the blessing of God to come, God has to be able to flow the way in. I mean, I'll just read it. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you're doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and the (laughs) people who are with you for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. The ascension gifts, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, there are people that God has assigned to them to help carry the load for them. Yeah. You know, Brother Tracy, someone we talk about often, and consistently traveling with him is Brother Jonathan. He has, Brother Tracy's delegated some authority to him. When he was here, he released a word from heaven because he helps Brother Tracy carry out the fullness of that calling. But what would have happened had Boomerang only heard the word of the Lord through Brother Tracy and wrote off Brother Jonathan? Because he's not the important one. He's not the one that has like his name on the graphics, or he's not the one that we're advertising. We cut off a flow of God if we only hear the word of the Lord through the ascension gifts. We cut him off because God does not only talk through the ascension gifts. He raises up leaders. He raises up people who are responsible for helping to tend people. That's why we told everybody last week that every person in the body of Christ is designed to be a leader because we're all supposed to be leading someone. So Jethro told Moses, Basically, create groups for yourself. Go and and separate men. And Moses did. He said Moses listened to his father-in-law. He submitted, and he did all that Jethro had said. He chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. They judged the people at all times, the difficult dispute they'd bring to Moses. But every minor dispute themselves would judge Then Moses bade his father-in-law farewell. So real life example, we have an opportunity for this to happen right now. Our ascension gift on this ministry, in this ministry and on this broadcast, is Pastor Brian. He's the visionary. He's the head. He is the head of of what we're doing. He receives the visions and mandates from God. He gives them to his team. We carry it out. But what happens when pastor needs to be out of town? Or what happens when pastor needs to go minister to somebody else? Or something else requires his attention? Does that mean that the flow shuts off? No. God sets up other leaders, other people in the body of Christ, that he can then flow his word through. His anointing can still flow through. But if we don't honor someone other than the visionary, we're going to choke out God's flow. And so that's why this week, we're so thankful that you're on this broadcast receiving because it shows that you have matured in the things of God. Because I know for me, I haven't watched broadcasts where it hasn't been the visionary. That's been immature. Because if there's a flow of the anointing, even if it's not just the way that we think it should come, God designates authority, delegates it, able-bodied people to be his leaders. And if we only look to submit to those five giftings, we're missing a whole crew of the body of Christ where God can speak through. That's why in Ephesians 5, it says, subject yourself one to another because God can speak 
through authorities that God sets up. Yeah, yeah, and that's how the anointing flows. I yeah. Mean, the the question is, do we actually? Are we act, honestly like the real question is, are we actually submitted to who we believe we're submitted to? Right. Let's say I'm like, yeah, I'm submitted to Pastor Brian, and then Sunday service comes around, and um, someone who's not Pastor Brian is speaking. Oh, well, now it's going to be a lesser service. Oh, why do you say that? Because Pastor Brian's not speaking. Well, if you're actually submitted to Pastor Brian and the Holy Ghost told him to have this other person speak that Sunday, and I think that it's not going to flow as well, am I actually submitted to Pastor Brian and am I, am I actually trusting his leading yeah. and his ability to hear from, from the voice of God? Uh, honestly, no. Like, if I were to... if I. Um, and am I actually trusting the Holy Ghost's ability to speak to me despite whose who's face is on the thumbnail? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and so if I'm truly submitted, I'm going, to, I'm going to be submitted to the man and the decisions that the man makes. Because I, I believe that the... And, even, and if I don't believe that the decisions that the man's making are being led by the Holy Ghost, ask. And here's <laughs> ask the thing questions. too, on that real fast, yeah. not just a man. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I am a woman, but God does, you look through the word, Deborah was an authority, she's a woman. God tells us that there is now therefore neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek. In the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ. Not the male version of the body and not the female version of the body. We're the body. We're the body. You know, a lot of the verses that they, that a lot of people will reference where it looks like God could be saying, don't listen to a woman. A woman should not rule over a man. If you pull out what the original word meant, it says a wife should not rule over her husband. Not that a woman shouldn't be in leadership. So that's something I've watched people just choke out God because it's, oh, I'm a, that's a, that's a girl that's speaking. That's a woman that's speaking and I'm a man. If we just think that God's going to speak to us through genders like we used to at youth camp, then we're missing God. God just speaks through available clay. Doesn't matter the color of the clay or what the clay sounds like. Available clay. We're not men. We're not women. We're Jesus. At our core, that's who our spirits are. Amen. Um, and I, I, not to divert No, that's back, fine. But... Um, um, but actually, well, like going back a little bit, whenever you were talking about people who say, um, and we'll, we're going to look at a couple Proverbs too. Um, but, well, first off. Also, I wasn't yeah. trying to correct you. As you're, no. like, I know you had oh, said, I man, I don't want yeah. that to be the thought. Yeah. It, no. The Lord brought it up right then. Like, yeah, no, I didn't think you um, but, uh, but also, um, when, when you were referring, well, first off, we need to honor and submit to the authorities that God has placed over us and the voices that God has put in our lives. You know, the voices that God has put in our churches, the, the voices that God has put around, surrounding us. We need to esteem those things. Why? Because we're the body. Every Well, actually, you know what? Let's just keep reading real quick uh, in Ephesians 4. As a result, we are, uh, verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Hear this. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in, in all aspects, in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted together and held together by what 
Every joint supplies. Yeah. Point this in the comments. Every joint supplies. By what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. Now put this in the comments. Each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Recognize, every joint supplies. Each part of the body uh, uh, brings about growth for the body. So it's not just the pastor. Now, we, we, we're submitted to the, to the pastor and to that, what the pastor's doing, but, but we should not just discount somebody because we're not a big fan of them or we don't like their style of teaching or we, we don't like what, whatever. You know, we should recognize that every part of the body has something to supply me. Every part of the body has something that I can, I can provide a supply from. Yeah. Where it says every joint supplies, that's the connections. You know, uh, my, my forearm is connected to my upper arm at that, at that joint, right? The, the connections and the relationships that I have with the members of the body, I, have a, I can bring, that, that, that person can bring a supply to me. When we're having our life groups and we're, we're coming around, you know, the teenager in the room can bring a supply to me if, if I'm willing to, to, to allow the Holy Ghost to, to do what the Holy Ghost wants to do. You know, every individual part, each uh, joint supplying. So I shouldn't discount some, something because of the vessel that God uses to bring it to me. Um, but my ultimate submission is to the authorities that God has given to us, right? Um, and uh, so... I. I like, and that falls in the flow of everything that we've been talking about. Um, I, I did want to go back to one of the things that we were talking about earlier when you, when you brought up people who say, you know, I can hear from God myself. Um, if you say, I can hear from God myself as an excuse not to submit to an authority, you're not hearing from God. Yeah. Let's say that one more time. And put it in the comments. Yeah. If you're saying, I can hear from God myself as an excuse to not submit to authority, you're not hearing from God. You're not hearing from God. Why? Because his word says the exact opposite. I mean, can you hear from God yourself? Yes, but if it's an excuse to not submit, you're not hearing from God. Uh, we have the ability to hear from God, or God, absolutely. We have fellowship with God, absolutely. But I can yeah. cut off that flow, and I can start hearing from my soul and believing yeah. that it's God. I can get off, you know, I can... The devil can speak to me just like God can speak to me. And yeah. I can hear from something and be fully convinced it's God. But if I'm not willing to submit to a shepherd who can see the pieces that I can't see, then I'm going to get off. I'm, yeah. that's, that can very quickly lead me off onto a messy trail. And so I need to just reckon, I, I need to be willing to, in humility, be like Hannah. Or even Be like David. Be, I need to, in humility... Be like the Moses, right, who submitted to Jethro. I need to, well, I don't know, what's humility? What is uh, a mature person, someone who acts like Christ? What, how did Christ operate? You know, a lot of times we can think, well, Christ wasn't submitted to anybody. Well, what, what about the story where, you know, uh, uh, Jesus said, well, mother, woman, you know, my time has not yet come, right? My time has not yet come. And then she turns to the servants and says, oh, well, whatever he tells you to do, do. What did he do in that moment? Did he, no, I just told her my time has not yet come. And I'm Jesus. <laughs> and I know something, right? No, he honored and submitted to his mom in, in that moment. 
who was, according to the scripture, uh, an authority for in his life, mm-hmm. right? Children, obey and honor your, your, your parents, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well for you and you might live long on this earth. That's a great promise, right? So Jesus honored and submitted to authority, even in that moment that he disagreed. Yeah. Remember, submission is not just submission when you agree. You know, it's, you submit even when you don't agree. Now there's a difference between... The Bible teaches unconditional submission. doesn't teach unconditional obedience. If an authority is telling you to actively sin, you submit to the higher authority, right? Which is the Lord. Like if a husband is telling his wife to lie, you know, I'm going to submit to the, to the higher authority, which is God, you know. Um, so, but, but ultimately, we, we need to recognize, though, that I need to, if I'm saying, Oh, I can just hear from God myself as an excuse to not submit to an authority. Again, I'm not hearing from God in that moment. I'm hearing from my flesh and my f- or a fear that I don't know if I can fully trust this person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to put all that aside and, 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 and tell myself, has the Lord established this connection? Has the Lord planted me here? You know, has the Lord, am I being led in who I'm, and who am I making these covenant relationships and connections with? That, that's an important question we need to ask ourselves. So that, mm-hmm. That's probably one of the reasons why so many people have a hard time trusting authority. Is because they're not even fully convinced that they're supposed to be submitted to that person. Get that resolve in your spirit. What, has the Lord called me here? Has the Lord called me to partner with this ministry? Has the Lord called me to submit under this pastor? If the answer is yes, the Lord has called me to submit, then... All of that, that, then all that question and all that fear should be thrown away. Right. If you actually trust the Lord and trust His leading and trust His direction, um, that's hearing from the Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, the Lord will lead me to submit. Um, the Lord will lead me to honor it, that because it's all throughout Scripture. You don't. See, it's not good for man to be alone, right? Uh, even with Jethro, you know what you're doing is not good. Basically, doing everything on your own. God's not going to call anybody to live life on their own. That's, that's a messy place, you know, to try. Anytime I've heard someone say, um, I just need to figure this out myself, I've, seen, I've watched them backslide. You know, I, I remember one, one time in particular um, when I was in youth ministry, there was a youth, one of their friends committed suicide, and I reached out to him and said, uh, and said hey, there's ans- I know you have questions, there's answers. Uh, if you want to connect, like I'm available, re- let's reach out. Um, and he said, I just need to figure this out myself. Instantly, he began to backslide. And you've probably seen that happen. Um, pa- like I've asked pastors, they've seen it countless times. When a situation rises up and someone chooses to, to disconnect from authority and try to figure it out themselves or not communicate or, or not ask questions, I just need to figure this out uh, myself or the spiritual excuses. I just need time with me and God. You know, that's like, it sounds right. spiritual and it sounds right but it's actually a deception that's trying to pull me out of actually being able to get the answers that I need from the Holy Ghost. When I'm struggling with something, that's not the time to disconnect from authority. That's not the time to try to figure it out and deal with it myself. That's not the time I need to surround myself with people who can help. Because that's the time when I'm most spiritually, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, Like when I'm really struggling and having a hard time processing a situation, I, I, I'm, I will have a hard time to rightly discern um, what's going on in that situation, which is why I need a shepherd 
who can see what I can't see. You look at a shepherd and the sheep, right? The shepherd can see what the sheep can't see. You know, the, the sheep might just see the butt of the sheep in front of them, right? But a shepherd can see an attack, you know, that the sheep can't see, which is why I need to submit in that situation. I, that needs to become my default, honestly. Yeah. Like, our default should be reach out, ask questions, and submit. Our default shouldn't be, I need to figure it out myself. But that's what the world is teaching. you got to figure it out. And we need to put aside that worldly thinking and honor and submit. Yeah. Um, th- this passage here in um, Proverbs 19 and, uh, says this, Listen to counsel and accept discipline uh, that you may be wise the rest of your days. There's another verse that says where a multitude of counsel is their safety, right? If I want to be wise or mature, I need to listen to counsel. I, and, and if I'm immature, I'm not even going to seek out that counsel. If I'm immature, I'm not going to ask the questions. I'm going to, right? Seeking out counsel and Googling something is not the same thing, right? That's true. Uh, I'm not seeking counsel by Googling it. I'm not seeking counsel by um, going to, like, a hotline. That's not necessarily what God is leading us to. He's leading us to submit to an authority and to ask those questions, right? Um, listening to counsel, listen to counsel, accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your life. If I want to be mature, I'm going to reach out and seek uh, counsel. We, we, we say here all the time, ask. Ask early. Ask often. Ask, don't tell, Right? I'm going to ask, I need, and you can put that in the comments, ask, ask early, ask often, ask, don't tell. So we need to ask questions in these situations. We need to ask early, not let the, the, the situation prolong two, three, four, five days before we reach out. Not, not well, let me try to figure this out first, and if I, and if I fail, then, then I'll ask. No, <laughs> ask early, um, because a lot of times that's when things can snowball and the situation gets worse and it's easier to to fix something early than for something to snowball and you have a massive mess so um, ask ask early ask often don't feel like you're bugging your your leaders you know don't feel like you're bugging your authorities if you're asking too much they'll let you know you know uh, but let them make that decision not you and ask don't tell don't don't say hey i'm making this job decision okay you know Hey, I'm going to, I'm doing this. Uh, all right, have fun. You know, you're not like, what, what's a, like, hey, the Lord told me this. All right, well, I'm not going to get in, in between you and God. Like, it very well could not have been the Lord in your soul. But if I'm just saying the Lord told me this, what am I, I like, I'm not giving that spiritual authority really any, any position to actually lead me in that situation. Right. I'm basically, I'm put, I'm pitting them against God if they if, if, if they try to say, hey, I think you might be missing it, you know, like I, I, I'm putting them in a bad position. Uh, actually, it's, it's spiritual manipulation is what it is, and it's immaturity. But if I say, hey, I believe the Lord's speaking this to me, can you help me to discern this? You know, hey, well, where you think, like, and what they'll do is they'll teach you, teach you and they'll coach you in those situations. Like pastor, like the purpose of a pastor, pastor says this all the time, is not to tell you what to do. The purpose of a pastor is to confirm what the Holy Ghost is leading. And sometimes that looks like, hey, let me ask you some questions. Like this, this has happened to me in the past. Hey, I believe the Lord's leading me to do this. Okay. What were you thinking about? And in, in when, whenever this came up, well, I was thinking about the problem. Okay. Well, maybe you could have just like manifested that. Well, just throw it, you know, set it aside 
and just seek the Holy Ghost. And, and if it's the Lord today, it'll be the Lord tomorrow. And, and they're just kind of coaching me. And they're not telling me what necessarily, yes, that's the Lord. No, that's not the Lord. But there have been times when they're like, you know what, that's right. Let follow that. You know, but it very well could have been. I was just thinking about the problem. And as I was thinking about the problem, I thought of a solution. Right. Oh, well, I'm thinking about it, and I was kind of praying about it at the same time, so it must be the Lord. You know, could very well have been my logic. So this is why it's good to reach out, because there could be variables that we don't know about the situation, you know, that a pastor can see that we can't see. Uh, yeah, Hannah said it. Logic is my, not my source. So ask, ask early, ask often, ask, don't tell. Those are great things to live by. Well, one of the things that was coming up to me as Betty was just talking is that it goes, for me, all of this goes back to Ephesians 4, that he gave gifts unto mm-hmm. men. The gifts are there to bless, to refine, to make us look more like Jesus. So whatever we're, and this is truly how I listen. We've joked on the broadcast before about how if pastor makes like a statement of, I think this is the best way to do it. Everyone else is like, absolutely, that's the best way to do it. And it, it can look funny, but truly, Pastor Brian is my gift. Pastor Nicole is my gift. They live here on the earth. They were assigned to Boomerang Church. If no one else would make them their gifts, they're mine. So when they decree something as this is the best way to do this, I would do this this way. I think this is smart. That word, to me, if I will esteem it, carries just as much life and just as much profit as though God wrote it in the word himself because it's his delegated authority. And I know Abby has something after this, so I'm going to wrap up very quickly. But truly, if we will receive our gifts, words as life, they become life. You know, and I've had pastors, look, I've known pastors at this point in time. I will have known them for coming up on 11 years. I've been here for almost 10. I have been corrected and refined and instructed in so almost probably every single area you could even think of, down to the types of clothes that look nice on me. And do they feel fun? Nope, not always. Do I understand them all? Nope, I haven't. But have I ever seen them wrong? Very, very, very few times. Very few. Because they're designed to oversee me. So that means that if they're flowing with the Holy Ghost, and not every leader is, but if I will treat their words as instructions and a guide map for my life, regardless of whether they get things right or not, my life will be protected and kept because I'm doing it God's way. And if we will esteem our gifts' words, our gifts' instructions as life will be kept. Really, uh, one more thing, and then over to Abby. In in Proverbs 1, the verses that were coming up to me through this whole thing, 1 verse 30 through 33, it says, they would not accept my counsel. Now, what is counsel? It's a gift. God doesn't have to provide wise counsel. He would have been 
exceptionally loving if all he did was send us Jesus to save us from hell. But the love of God gave us gifts unto men, provided us with wise counsel through them as a gift to ensure that we stay on the paths of life. But what happens if we don't? It says they who fools, people who would not esteem the gifts, submit to them, receive them. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way. And they'll be satisfied with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive. Now this is strong. This is a strong verse. If you don't like it, that's, I didn't write it, but I back it. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. So naivety that says, I don't need a gift. I don't need a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. I don't need that stuff. I don't need to submit to my leaders. That's naivety, and it'll kill that person. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, it'll kill the fruitfulness in their life. Fools, if you're complacent and you don't press in and receive wise counsel and you just throw it off because emotions say, I don't have to listen to this. I'd rather listen to something else. I want to live by my flesh. It says it'll destroy you. It'll destroy the person that's complacent with wise counsel. But verse 33, he who listens to me And how do we hear God's voice? You can hear it by the Holy Spirit. You can hear it through the gifts. Mm -hmm. He who listens to my words shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. How do you eradicate fear in our lives? We submit. How do we live in easy and light? We submit. That's literally a promise. Proverbs 1, 30 through 33, it's a promise. If we're naive, if we're complacent, if we don't esteem, it leads to death and destruction. But if we'll receive the gifts as gifts and honor and esteem them, it leads to life, it leads to ease, and it leads to being freed from fear. Did you have something, Abs? Yeah, so there was was one time where... um, pastor had leading for us to go to this conference and at this conference there was going to be several speakers and so we were just preparing to go and we we're looking at the list of speakers and I was just looking myself and there was one of them towards the end that I was not expecting to receive anything from in all honesty I was like I'm not gonna risk like this is probably not gonna be good and uh so we went to the conference and everything and the speakers were good and good and good, and we got to that one, and I was like, kind of like chuckling to myself, like, okay, like, well, we'll see what this is like. And truly, I received the most from that person. They seemed to be carrying the anointing so strongly uh, out of the entire conference. So strongly. I received more from that person than anybody else in the entire conference. And the Lord spoke to me in that situation because not only was it just, okay, like, I wasn't really expecting a lot out of that person in particular, but it wasn't, it was me not trusting the word that the Lord had given my pastor. In that moment, he had given a word that Mm -hmm. you need to be at this conference. The Lord has something for you here at this conference. 
And because of my own thinking experience or whatever you put in it, it came down to, it wasn't just, okay, like in my thoughts, I had insulted this person. No, it wasn't that. It was that I wasn't trusting God in that moment. I wasn't trusting that, Lord, you've led me to be here, and I don't think you have anything for me here. That's basically what I was saying through that. And he pointed that out, and it hurt. (laughs) It hurt a lot. It felt like he had stabbed me when he pointed it out to me. But it's the truth, because had the Lord given me my pastor and told me to submit to him, yeah, yeah, he has. Has he given all these biblical principles that we've been talking about the whole broadcast? Yeah. And did he tell him, to tell me that I should go to this conference. Yes. So if the Lord asks us to do something, does he have a supply for us? Yeah, there's a reason. It's for our increase. And me not expecting out of this person for whatever the reason was me saying, me saying I'm not going to receive from this person is saying, Lord, I don't trust that you having me come here was the best decision. I don't trust that what where you guided was the best. And it I didn't think I was doubting God in that instance, but I was. And it showed me an area of my life that I could just tweak and it changes everything. It truly does. And that's that's a point that I think will truly change everything. We can think directly like, "Oh yeah, of course I trust God directly," but there can be so many indirect areas that were that we can see that we're not actually truly trusting the Lord. Yeah, and um, so, you know, when it comes to maturity and immaturity, as we're talking about it, like even the verse that you shared in Proverbs, you know, you see that clear line between a mature person and an immature person and the fruit of it. You know, this is why God wants us to grow into maturity, you know, in spiritual biblical maturity is because he does, we will eat the fruit of our actions. We will eat the fruit of our our submission or our lack of submission, yeah. right? You, you got Matt in in the book of, in Matthew. What is it? Uh, Matthew ten forty one is when Jesus says, uh, "If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward." Right. right? There's a reward for receiving the gifts in the name of the gifts. Right? Uh, you can look at it this way: If you receive a pastor in the name of a pastor, you'll receive a pastor's award. Right? I don't. When it comes to my pastor, I don't need another friend. Yeah. You know. I need a pastor. I need someone to shepherd me. So if I'm if I look at my pastor as just buddy buddy, I'm just gonna get another buddy buddy. And yeah. there's not gonna be an anointed flow to give me what I need. But if I receive him in the name of a pastor, and if I esteem him as a pastor, I don't just call him Brian, I call him Pastor Brian, because mm-hmm. I need a pastor. You know, when I in the name of a pastor, I'll re- I'll receive that reward. There's a reward to my submission, there's a reward, a reward to my honor. There's a reward to those things. And so, and you, you'll see that, that clear uh, distinction. You, you see a clear distinction between people who esteem um, uh, coming to church and receiving from their pastors and those who treat it as a decision. Yeah. You know, well, you know, we can come today or, well, it's been a busy week, so I'm not going to come today. You'll see a clear distinction in the fruit of their lives. It's clear. It's absolutely clear. And so I, I want to make sure that I press on to biblical maturity and esteem and honor those things so that my life doesn't go down, but it's a steady increase. Or so that my life is not a, well, now it's good, now it's bad, now it's good, now it's bad. Like, like where that, like you'll see people, they'll come to church for like a month or so and things just start going up. And then they feel like, you know, things are going well. 
uh, and they take their foot off the gas and they stop, you know, they, they miss a couple Sundays or they're not asking as many questions because things are going well and then all of a sudden it drops off. And then, and then they start esteeming it again, you know, and like, oh, well, yeah, now I need the church, right? Why are you coming to church? Are you coming to church because you, you love God and you have a desire to grow? Or are you just coming because, you, because oh, well, life's been getting a little rough. Now I need, I need a little boost now. And then, okay, things are going better. I'm going to stop coming. Like, that, those are the people that are tossed and driven, right? I need to be just as submitted to my authorities when life is going great right. as I am when life is, when I'm having some hard times. You yeah. know, I need to be asking just as many questions when things are going just as fine than, you know, as I, as I do when things aren't going as fine. You know, like, I'm not just submitted when things are going bad. I need to be submitted when things are going well as well so that things can continue to just keep getting better and better. Yeah. You know? I need to be seeking counsel no matter where things might seem to be going. I need to always be submitted and seeking that counsel. And, uh, you know, here's like, and you see that clear division. And, and as, as we're wrapping up, I want to give you like a nice meter. You know, uh, how do I know if I'm submitted? How do I, know? and we've brought some of those pieces up, but basically one of the greatest meters of am I honoring, am I, authority, am I submitted to authority, is how do I handle correction? How do I handle correction? Um, I'm going to give you a couple of Proverbs. Again, read through the book of Proverbs. There was, I think it was in, like, at some point in last year, I felt like I was, I was just in, like, a season of correction. It was probably just my perception of it, but I felt like there were so many things that the Lord was bringing up, and my flesh really did not like it simultaneously, the Lord led me to read through Proverbs, so I think it was, like, re- really important for me. But, but here's the thing. Why, is, why, why would the Lord be bringing correction after correction? Sometimes our flesh, and our flesh, it feels like this is just too much. Why does this keep happening? Well, what's the Lord doing? He's preparing us. He's equipping us for the work of the ministry, right? That's why correction comes, is for the work of the ministry. But how do I handle correction? Uh, Proverbs... Um, 12 verse 1 whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates reproof is stupid amen that's a direct that's a that's literally what it says Mm -hmm. he who hates reproof is stupid so if if i'm getting corrected now there's a difference between my flesh and my spirit my flesh like all discipline for the moment seems to be not profitable but not to be joyful but it is profitable right so even if my flesh is like i don't like this Am I receiving it? You know, am I receiving it? He who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs 9, 8 says, don't reprove a scoffer or an immature person or a fool, or he will hate you. So when people correct you, do you hate them? Like, do you respond? Yeah. Do you lash out at them? Well, I, who are you to tell me that I'm not doing this right? I remember one time someone, like at my previous church, like someone made a, they were, they were overseeing a, an area of the children's ministry. And, um, and they made a post that said, I hate everyone, F you. I'm like, okay, put that, take that down. You know, like I reach out to them, take that down. And they said, I, this is who I am. I've, I'm proud of who I am. Yeah, okay, well, get off the team. You know, like they, they lashed out at me, stormed out of the church, and they never came back. And then they were telling people that, that uh, we were like too strict on them and stuff like that. Yeah, like, really, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> you know, like the Bible says you can't say you love God and hate people. You know, so, whatever. Anyway, but, but if you lash out when people correct you, that's a sign of immaturity. That's a marker of immaturity. Uh, um, 
or that same verse in, in the New Living says, so don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you, but correct the wise. Well, let me say this. If your pastor is not correcting you. Yeah, there's a problem. There, there's probably, yeah, there's probably a problem, right? I, actually, I, Brother Tracy said this, you know, I think it was Brother Tracy. It was either him or another minister that I heard. But when someone stops submitting to an authority in their heart, not just like, like every, all their actions could look submitted, but if in their heart they're not submitted, uh, like I, I heard this minister say, the Lord stops speaking to me about them. The yeah. Lord stops showing me about them. When they're getting close and close to, to leaving the church, the Lord will stop talking to me about them yeah. and showing me things that they need to see. Why? Because they're no longer submitted in, in their spirit. There's a disconnect. And because of that, the flow is disconnected. Yeah. The person disconnected from the flow, and they're not receiving from that person anymore. So if, if, you're, not, if you're not being corrected, there might be a problem there. You might, in yeah. your heart, not be as submitted as you think you are in your actions. You know, don't just, don't just judge your intentions. Ask the Lord, like, God, am I, wh- how can I grow? Lord, show me areas where I can grow. Yeah. And then, uh, and then one more uh, proverb, Proverbs 15.10 says, Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined, but whoever co- hates correction will die. That goes yeah. back to what you said. And, and you've heard me say this before, you know, looking at Proverbs 15.10, whoever hates correction will die. And uh, he who hates reproof is stupid. Put this in the comments. Don't be stupid. Don't die. Right? Don't be stupid. Don't die. If I hate correction, I'm effectively, according to the Bible, according to Scripture, I'm effectively acting stupid, and it's leading me to death. Mm-hmm. So don't be stupid. Don't die. Anytime you hear us say this, we're, we're talking about someone who is refusing and resisting correction, who is refusing yeah. and resisting the very gift that God is providing for them to go up. Yeah. And so don't refuse the gift. Don't, don't reject and lightly esteem the correction because that is what an immature person will do. Yeah. And, and we don't want to be mature. We want to walk in maturity. We want to grow up into, into maturity so that we can be wise and mature and find life. And as God puts you in places of leadership, whether you are currently a minister of the gospel, you are one of these gifts that we have been talking about today. If you lead a team, if you are a boss, men, if you are already a husband, if you're in any position of authority, this is not just a broadcast to take it and say, yeah, people should submit to me and whatever. The word is very clear that there is a stricter judgment on Mm. people in authority. God takes care of his people and he despises, despises when his people are oppressed. He hates that. So if we are creating a situation where we are oppressing people, leaders, if we're oppressing our team, if we're treating them incorrectly, the word literally says in Matthew 18, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Mm-hmm. There is a stricter judgment on people in leadership. So that's why on this broadcast, we take this seriously, what yeah. we're communicating, what we're teaching, because the word yeah. tells us that teachers need to be judged more strictly. 
So if you find yourself not just as someone who needs to submit, but as a person that others need to submit to, we need to ensure that we are worthy of being submitted to, not yeah. us ourselves, but that we're yielding to God, that we are looking at others. We did a phenomenal teaching a couple weeks ago on how to get good service, and ultimately yeah. it boiled down to we love. We serve others out of love. We treat the people that we are called to teach and part to in love. So as leaders in this topic, we need to ensure that we are moving by God. But today, as we wrap up, you know, we thank you for being on and for being mature and desiring to grow because the bottom line is every person, I guarantee all of us, as well as we have submitted in the past, we can grow in this. We all can raise up to new levels of maturity in our submission and our authority because God desires to watch the blessing of God flow to us, not like a a little stream, not a trickle, not drop after drop. He wants like a geyser blast full of the glory of God. And it comes as we submit to him in his ways. So today, as we just wrap up in prayer, we are believing that every person that's live with us right now that will watch in the time to come, we are believing that God would show us how to submit better than we ever have before that God would teach us, instruct us so that the blessing of God rises up in new ways. So if you're fine to pray, go for it. Well, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us and enlightened us today, God, to receive your word. Father, let us be wise in all that we do. Father, give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, God. Let us walk in wisdom and in maturity in everything we do. Yes. God, let us, God, right now in Jesus' name, if anyone's watching and they're not submitted to a church or to a pastor, if they're not submitted uh, to to anyone, Father, give them supernatural wisdom right now and right here as to who and where you are calling them to plant themselves and to be. And Father God, give them a covenant heart, a covenant heart, God, to connect with the gifts that you have placed in this, in in the body. God, right now, I thank you for the gifts that you've provided for us. That when you ascended on high, you gave gifts to men that are gifts that are here so that we can be equipped for the work, so that we we can grow in all aspects into you so that we can grow up into, the, into maturity, into a mature man and a mature woman, to the fullness of the stature which belongs to Christ. As a result, we're no longer like children tossed around by every wind of doctrine in every situation. Father, God, let us esteem the gifts. Let us esteem the yeah. gifts that you've given to us. Let us not, Father, right now in Jesus' name, let us not lightly esteem the gift. And Father, let us not fall into the trap, Father, of actually coming against the gifts and trying to correct the gifts and trying to supersede the gifts. Father, let us be humble and honoring and submissive people according to your Holy Spirit. Father, give us that spirit of wisdom so that we can do all that you've called us to do so that our lives can go up. We receive it now and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, we thank you all for being on with us today. And yeah. as we are getting ready to close, if you want to partner with this word and invest your life into what you just received, we have made it very easy for you to do so. We know that yeah. not everybody will choose to partner, but if the Lord leading you to partner, to sow today, then be quickly obedient. You can go to giveww.org, scan the QR code. We have a variety of giving platforms, but we just ask that you hear God's voice. Ask him right now. And I'd encourage every person watching, ask him right now, Lord, do you want me to sow today? And if he says yes, then do it. If he says no, terrific. Just keep asking what Buddy was saying earlier. Ask, ask early, Ask often and ask, don't tell. So if the Lord says, so $10 and all that's in the bank account is 11, then know that God has a plan and a system set up for you to receive a harvest because God's word tells us that he is the God who gives us the anointing to get wealth, that he's the God that blesses us and adds no sorrow to it. So he's not going to say so and then watch as you toil and have to figure it out and you're in lack. That's not him. He's the blesser. God is the increaser. So as you're sowing today, expect that God is increasing us right now. Let's believe that as we invest our lives, our lives only go up. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just declare today over every seed that is sown, a supernatural harvest back to the sower. Your word tells us that we are blessed to be a blessing. So while yes, Lord, we thank you for every seed and every life that it represents, and we call it blessed, pressed down, shaken together and running over, let it return back to them. Lord, let it return back to them because they are blessed. Blessed is every viewer. Blessed is every sower. Blessed, blessed, blessed in the name of Jesus. We call their finances to not be in the red. We call them to increase now in Jesus' name. And anyone who has been having an opportunity with lack and with getting to the end of the month and seeing red and having pressure come and not knowing how bills are going to be paid and where meals are going to come from. We call that done now in the name of Jesus and let today's seed provide life that causes their finances to astound them with where the glory can take them. In Jesus' name, let it come to a pass now And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus, amen.